Hey, I'm Kayla. As a mom working from home, life is crazier than ever, especially on days like these. But I'm still ruling my day thanks to Metro. Metro gave me an awesome phone and tablet. Now my son can get his homework done on the tablet without needing to borrow my laptop. Plus, with Metro, Amazon Prime is included, so I can access great deals and discounts on school essentials and get them delivered in no time with unlimited free shipping, all while keeping an eye on my son to make sure he finishes his online practice tests before he starts watching his favorite Amazon originals. Right now, get a new phone and tablet on us when you switch to Metro, the number one brand in prepaid. Plus, enjoy high-speed data on both devices with one Amazon Prime membership included for just $75 a month. Metro by T-Mobile, rule your day. I'm Kayla, and that's how I rule my day with Metro. With new lines of service after rebate redemption plus sales tax and activation fee. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members on select rate plans. Amazon Prime has a $12.99 a month cost. Restrictions apply. What's going on, folks? Thanks for checking out a brand new episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, your one-stop shop for toys, tech, and talk. I'm your host, Rich Butler, and if this is your first time checking out an episode, first of all, welcome. Second of all, a bit of background of what we do here, Toys and Tech of the Trade is an interview series where we sit down with creators and entrepreneurs and discuss the gadgets and gear that they use to create their content and run their business. When it comes to toys, we take a little bit more of a broad definition here, showcasing not only the usual action figures or collectibles that some of our guests obsess over and collect, but also just the toys that put a smile on their face, which don't have to be relegated to, like I said, action figures or pops or anything like that. Could be musical instruments, cars, weapons, knives. You'd be surprised what some people consider toys. And like I said, we like to use a broad definition here. Before we get into this week's guest, a little bit of housekeeping first. First of all, you're probably downloading this episode on a Wednesday instead of the usual Tuesday release. I think uh, going forward, we're going to be shifting towards releasing new episodes on Wednesday in the middle of the week, uh, just from an editing perspective, because a lot of the interviews that we've been scheduling are usually either happening on the weekend or usually at the beginning of the week. And I'd like to have at least one day to account for any issues or mishaps with any audio. So we're going to probably be shifting towards a Wednesday bi-weekly release schedule. We're still going to remain bi-weekly, but we're going to be moving from Tuesdays to Wednesdays, which is a nice break in terms of podcast release for the network since we're also releasing episodes of Jay Santee's Turnbuckle Tabloid, Josie's Voice, Call Me When It's Over, and also Black is the New Black. So by having this more midweek release schedule, it's going to make it easier to just edit and get the content out at, at, at a good pace because again this is something where even though it's a team effort with all the shows i handle a lot of the editing so that's going to be the direction going forward with toys and tech of the trade uh being released bi-weekly every wednesday so that's the bit of housekeeping for this episode now on to my guest my guest is someone who i've not only been a fan of their work but also someone who i respect because of the work that they're doing in their community and that guest is James Lopez. Uh, James and I became acquainted after his work with Anthony Frazier for the Fat Startup and their conference Tech 808. And James and I, even though uh, the Fat Startup is is no longer active, James went on to start 
fatherhood is lit, which is a, um, a very awesome endeavor, putting fatherhood first and creating great opportunities and events for fathers out there. Um, James found a niche that was really, really underserved and has ran with the ball, creating an amazing community that not only, again, you know, strengthens, uh, the role of the father in a child's life, but also just allows them to have a ton of awesome, awesome events. And because of that, as someone who's now a first time father, I, uh, it resonated with me quite a bit, obviously beyond us being into sneakers and into tech, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, fatherhood has united us even further. So without any further ado, let me turn it over to James and you can learn more about the toys and tech of his trade. My guest for this week's episode is someone who I've had the fortune of being friends with for a long time. And now I feel like I'm part of his club being a first time dad. Um, he went from tech entrepreneur and organizer to running one of the dopest and freshest groups for dads, uh, putting fatherhood first, presence over presence, the one and only James Lopez. James, thanks for taking the time out of your schedule to sit down with us. Oh, thank you for having me, man. I'm super honored, man. Long time coming. So, you know, the, the, the fatherhood is lit movement, uh, cool for dads, which is your website. You know, when let's, let's talk origin story first. When did you decide that you wanted to go in this direction? Because when I met you, you were heavy in the tech space, uh, really emphasizing and 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 putting urban gift wrap on technology for for minorities and, and people of color and, and showing them that you know it's not just silicon valley but those behind it that are just as equally important regardless of what race gender or color they are what what made you want to go in this direction and embrace you know just that movement of of, of parenting and going that route um to be honest uh what, what led me there was what when I was doing the actual conferences, once we got to the major conferences, instead of the the smaller, you know, 100 people meetups, um, I always missed my kids. Like it was always like I, I wouldn't bring them with me because I was hustling so hard, which is, you know, completely different than now where I bring them everywhere. Um, and whenever I would take them somewhere, I would tell I would put up a picture and I would tell my friends, yo, you know, I'm getting my presence over presence time with my kids right now. Um so I was always mindful that I needed to spend more time with my kids. Right. But I was stuck in the hustle, you know, 24 seven, just running around from New York to Cali to Atlanta to wherever the hell we needed to go. Um, once the business started dying down, I had my second child and I realized that they were my everything. They were the, the number one business that I couldn't fail at. Um, so once that business failed, I was like, you know what? I, I needed some time off. I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I start another tech company. Maybe I join another tech company. Who the hell knows? While I'm doing this, let me just have fun with my kids. So I kept reposting pictures of me and my kids doing things. And I realized that dads were actually asking me, what's next? Like, what's happening this weekend? What's happening tomorrow? <laughs> yo, I saw you at Lego. How the hell did you find out about that? And I put two and two together. And I was like, yo, you know what? I got I to gotta create something. So my first thing was, my first step was to actually holler at my friend, um, Premium Pete, who started the whole Presence Over Presence movement. Um, I had bought the URL and I told him, yo, let's do this. Let's, let's do something for the dads. Unfortunately, he was really busy with his podcast and other things. And I had my other tech stuff that I was doing. So we couldn't really launch that. Um, one day I was sitting on Twitter and I put up a picture of me and my kids. And a guy comes up to me and he writes, uh, you're the CEO of Fatherhood is Lit. And that was it. Fatherhood was lit. You know, Fatherhood is Lit was born. 
Once wow. he told me I was the CEO of Fatherhood is Lit, I went out there and I bought all the domains associating to it. And I said, all right, cool. What is Fatherhood is Lit? Well, to me, Fatherhood is Lit is finding cool things with your kids. Right. So the only question I always ask is, is it cool for dads? They're, that's where I got the site from. So cool for dads is the site. Fatherhood is Lit is the initiative. That's that's tremendous, especially because what you ended up doing was taking just real world life, man, and, and turning it into into something. I think the best ideas are born from the best intentions. And I think that as a father, you know, you, you, you realized and you were self-aware that you said to yourself, man, you know, like my kids need me more than this conference does, because guess what? This conference won't be here in 10 years, but my kids will. Yeah, that's exactly it. That was exactly it. Like, uh, you know, I remember sitting down. I don't know if you if you came to this talk with um with Ben Horowitz that we had. Um, and that's where I first read the notion of running a startup um, is like a family. But he, he stated in his book, my family is the one business I cannot mess up on. Nope. That has always, always stuck with me. But I just didn't know. It's like these things that, you know, like like when your kids are born, people tell you, oh, man, like, I don't know what I'm going to do as a dad. I don't know how to be a dad. You just figure it out. It's already inside of you. Same thing with that model of not letting, you know, not, not failing my kids or not failing my family. That was already inside of me. I just needed somebody to bring it out. Now, when you when you started that, when you moved into this, when you moved into this initiative, what were what were some of the roadblocks you felt were things that you had to overcome to really take this to the next level? Because like anything else, you know, you start a business and it's like you write everything out, you buy the domain and you're ready to rock and roll, but things creep up, man. How did you, how did you streamline and get past all the, you know, all the little stuff to get it to where it is now? Oh, so I had two major things that were blocking me. Um, the first one was entrepreneurship paralysis, where what that means to me is that I, I came off of the fat startup on an all time high, feeling like I could build anything and anything that I wanted to build at any time. Um, because of that, it took me a longer time to actually launch Fatherhood is Lit because I kept telling myself, yo, tomorrow I'll do this. Yo, tomorrow I'll do this. You know what? I'll wait till next week. Wow. So I just kept putting it off. That was the first thing. Second thing that I had was that as a dad, I was looking at other dads and I was saying all of these dads online are putting pictures of their kids, you know, like selfies with like T-shirts saying dad life is the best life, but they're not actually adding value. What value can I add? When I look at these dads and I look at them and I say, I don't really consume fatherhood content. What can you teach me? Right. So that was something that I had to really overcome where I was looking at and I was saying, yo, I'm not a pro. Like, I'm not the man when it comes to fatherhood. What what exactly am I going to teach? Am I a fraud? You know what I mean? And what I realized was that I, I didn't need to actually know what I was doing. All I had to do was document what I was doing. And that was enough for, for some people to get inspired and to also learn from. So those are my really two biggest roadblocks. And it took me a while, man. I would say probably like six months, almost a whole year to fully believe in myself. Well, when when you switched from, you know, tech entrepreneur, you know, when you shut off that switch and, you know, it, you became dad entrepreneur, you know, I, I'm just using that as the as as the word for this. You know, how did how did you relay that to like your support system? You know, because as, as a you know, as a family man. You know, you come home and you go, yeah, I'm just going to do this. You know, how did I, I, you know, I've met, I've met your missus, you know, she's super supportive, super 100. But, um, you know, how does that, how does that conversation play out? Oh man, I, you know, with her, it was really easy since she, um, you know, she supported me since I quit my job, um, five years in, into my job, you know, I had a really good career in tech. Um, and when I decided to quit, I told her, I was like, yo, I'm not happy. 
And she was like, all right, do what you got to do. Figure it out. Um, she was the easy one. The kids were also easy because I promised them that, yo, I'm going to take you to these dope ass events. Y'all going to be the stars of the show. We're going to kill it. Kids are always easy. Everybody else that was down with my support system, I kind of like threw to the wayside. Okay. Um, the reason I did that was because when I folded the fat startup, my support system disappeared. I, wow. It felt like I wasn't cool anymore. I didn't have access to Gary Vaynerchuk. I didn't have access to RZA. Not the way that my friends wanted it. Not the way that I that I didn't think that they wanted from me. Right? Where I thought they just wanted me to be successful and happy. Most of my friends just wanted the connects that I had or the plugs. I couldn't give them that. So now they weren't contacting me saying, yo, when's your next event? Or, yo, can you put me in contact with Rich? <laughs> I heard he got a dope podcast. Put me in contact. I couldn't do that no more. So my support system disappeared. Wow. My real support system became my wife, my kids, and as corny as it sounds, God, man, it was just me. Yep. At the end of the day, that's all you had. But, you you know, you came out of it. And I think, you know, the toughest part is exactly that, like like having that moment of clarity where you're like, well, damn, everybody that was here from day one isn't here anymore. It's it, it's a it's a it's a painful realization. I think that once you did that, did it fire you up? Did you get mad? And you're like, oh, well, all right. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you guys aren't here anymore. I'm going I'm to I'm show you all something. Dude, I was tight. I was tight as hell. I, I looked at them and I said, yo, you all losers. Like in my head. You know what I mean? I'm looking at them. And I'm like, yo, you all losers. Started deleting phone numbers on my iPhone. Started blocking people. Started taking them off of social networks. Anything that that I could do to not have contact with them. I didn't care if they knew that I unfollowed them or blocked their numbers. It was all a mental game for myself because I, I love hard, right? So even the people that do me dirty, I still look out for. Yep. So the best way for me to not look out for them is to almost not have them exist. Yep. It's the people pleaser mentality. We all, we're, yeah. we're, I'm guilty of it too. <laughs> so now, so now if I'm looking for Joe Blow on my phone, cause I just want to see how he's doing, guess what? I'm not finding him. Cause I don't know his phone number. There you go. <laughs> oh, I'm looking for him on social. I don't remember his handle. Done. Now I'm not searching for them. Now I'm not killing my own um, forward movement. Makes sense. And, and that that helped a lot, and it lit a fire under me. But but you know, a note to the listeners: sometimes that fire could actually burn you too. Yep. Where I was so heated after the fat startup that it still took me a whole year to believe in myself to launch something. I kept gassing myself, saying, "Yo, I could do this. I could do this." Matter of fact, I'm going to do this to show off to this person yep. or I'm going to show that person that I don't need them. Still took me a whole year to get that confidence. So don't let it, you know, don't let it burn yourself. You know what I mean? Now, one thing, one thing, especially now that I, that I've become a, a, a father, I've noticed, I kind of feel that a lot of people approach fatherhood, quote unquote, as a job. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've seen that a lot lately. I've seen a lot of messaging. Like I saw you know, uh, you know, a friend of mine was like, "Yeah, hey, man, you know, my, my I'm, I'm watching the kids because my wife had to go to a class and I'm and I'm listening to him say this. And I'm like, but they're your kids. Like, you're not a babysitter. You know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like that message has become something that's still out there in a lot of ways. And it's one of the things that I, I applaud you and, and and the group for is that you don't view fatherhood as a job. Oh, it's, it's not a duty, man. Right. It's not and a that's, duty. Like, and that's what kills me because that messaging is something that's become, you know, like, like I'll, I'll hear, I'll hear, uh, uh, somebody in a, in a, in a mutual friendship and they'll be like, yeah, you know, my, my husband doesn't change my kid's diapers. And I, and I listen to this and I say to my wife, I'm like, but you created that bad habit. That's on you. You know what I mean? Like you create your own problems. 
Yeah. You know, or, or, oh, this person's complaining he has to babysit the kids while I got to go do X. I'm like, but you married him. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's crazy to me. And it's one thing I, I've always applauded about your message that you, that you go out there and you say, listen, you know, we have to be present because this is a life we made. It's not yeah. a job. It's not, it's not a babysitter. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's that, crazy. That, think, think of all the jobs you had in your life. Yep. Right. Which job was as meaningful as this? And which job did you have the flexibility as much as fatherhood? Yep. Like, there's no job that can compare to that. If there's no job that can compare to that, it's not a job. Yep. And, <laughs> you know, and that's something that I preach to people where I tell people, you know, the other day I put up a picture of my kids and I playing at a, at a, at a place called Duzeum and we're dressed up as spies. And my tagline was, you know, people call this a duty. I call it having fun with my kids. That's it. Like there's a big difference there. And I, I think um I think once once we get off of that mind state where we think like being a father is is considered daddy duties, we'll be fine. Like we don't got to change our lives like we made them. We raise them. Right. Okay. Gone are the days when it was just the mom staying at home, taking care of the kids while the dads work. Yep. Look at me. I left the job, a high paying job to start a business and raise my child at the same time while my wife was a teacher. She was the breadwinner. Listen, took right. me a, it took me a while to get over that. <laughs> no, and you know what the thing is, even even for me, you know, and I've been with the same company for years, and then they they folded up their physical location, so I started working remotely from home. And initially, before my daughter was born, I'm sitting in the house by myself for eight hours, so I'm going a little crazy. <laughs> and now, you know, as a parent, it, you know, like, like like I go, you know, my daughter will wake up at at noon, I'll bring her downstairs, and I get to have lunch with her every day. You know, my wife laughs because she's like, I'm like, listen, I got to give her oatmeal with fruit every morning. And she's like, oh, well, if we don't have, oat, you know, you're at, we're out of oatmeal, just give her rice cereal. I'm like, nope. What did I do yesterday? Bought oatmeal. She's like, you're insane. I'm like, nope, this is our routine. We have breakfast every morning. Oatmeal is breakfast with some fruit. That's how it works. And, you know, little things like that. And it's funny because, you know, she she's from an old school Italian family. And they'll be like her, you know, like her older relatives will be like, How's he doing with the baby? Is he okay being home with her every day? And blah. And they're like, and she's like, yeah. Why wouldn't he be? Yeah, he's fine. He's gonna adapt. And it, and it's crazy you even mentioned habits. Yep. Because that that's something that that you look at and you say she needed the oatmeal, right? Like yep. this is her habit. But in actuality, you needed it too. Yep. Because right. it was your way of setting the stage for the day with your daughter. Exactly. Where it's like, yo, I'm accustomed to doing these things with her. I want her to be comfortable. Yep. So you didn't change like, you know, people look at, at, at father and they say, man, fatherhood changed me so much. Like now I can't do all of these things. How about all the things you can do? Oh, I hate the handcuffing <laughs> syndrome when people become parents. Like it, it's funny. You know, I went to see Avengers last Friday at four at a 2 a.m. And my, you know, my wife was telling people like, oh, my husband's crazy. He's going to go see it, a movie and blah, blah, blah. And people are like, you're letting him do that. And she's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> exactly. And, and like, she, like, you know, like I have the, my, you know, she's coming out of work and going with her friend next Tuesday to go see it. And that's it. But everybody's like, you're letting him do that. And I'm like, really? Like, that's a conversation. And, and this is what I'm saying. And, and, and a lot of the stuff that you, 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 you advocate is exactly that. You know, there's no permissions. There's no guidelines. It's balance. Yeah, and it's all you. It's all you. Like, you know, like, like my biggest thing that I push for people is that their presence matters, right? 100%. That, that's just a piece of it because you're, you being present doesn't mean that you got to change who you are. Like, I love, I love technology, 
right? That doesn't mean that I'm going to sit there with my kids and go do, um, you know, nothing wrong with Build-A-Bear, but we're not going to be doing Build-A-Bear workshops. Nope. We're going to be somewhere doing STEM yep. where now my kids can enjoy themselves learning about technology, but I'm also enjoying myself because this is my field. Exactly. I don't need to change that much. You know what I mean? You just got to you just got to put like a like a modifier uh, hat on yourself. Right. Where it's like I love hip hop. Well, I know that my kid is learning how to speak now. I'm not going to play an uncensored version of Tupac all day long. Nope. I might slide through with some curses, but it ain't going to be all day long. I'm going to modify it and now give him a clean version because I still want to listen to Tupac. But I don't want him going to his daycare telling the teacher, fuck, bitch, whatever. Yep. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, I didn't really change my my habits or my likes. I just modified them a little bit. I think I think that that's the, the one of the one of the driving forces, I think, when when people become parents and, and especially for fathers, because I think that there's a, there's a, there's an issue. And, and, you know, my wife and I talk about this. It's, it's like they, you, you know, you're put in a box and fathers, it's exactly what you said. You go, you bread, you, you, you breadwin, you come home, you provide, you know, you fall asleep on the couch. And yeah. now it's, it, there's so many more layers because like I, you know, I told my wife I want my daughter to learn two things, how to swim and how to defend herself. Those are non-negotiables. Everything else, I'm like, she can learn whatever she wants, ballet, tap dance, I don't care. I'll pay for whatever. But those two are non-negotiables. And I wanted to ask you about that because as a, as, as a entrepreneur and as a businessman, you know, what are, what are non-negotiables for you, both from a business side and from a parenting side? Oh man, non-negotiable on a business side? Yeah. Um, business side is, I don't, I don't like to deal with people that, that don't want to put in the effort. Okay. Right. Where, where in business, you get a lot of people that say, yo, you know, I want to help you do your thing, but what they're really doing is just riding the wave. They're not really putting in the work that you need done. So my, my thing is always, I look at people and I say, all right, you want to help me. How can you help me if my events are already set up? Right. If you can't answer that question, then we can't work together. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's, that's my number one rule right now because I'm so busy putting in the actual effort and the actual work that if a person doesn't come in with something valuable to the work that I'm doing, there's no reason for us to talk. They could be the coolest person in the world, but I can't move forward with my things. So why are you trying to join in my things if you can't help me? Makes sense. Like a lot of people do it for clout. (laughs) And then for family, my non-negotiable, I guess it all depends as to where I'm at, but my non-negotiable is I don't like people um, getting involved with the way that we teach our kids. That is definitely a pet peeve of mine as well. So I hate, I hate, you know, much love to my mama. I love my mama. I love my dad. I hate the way that they try to enforce their will on the way that I parent. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, like my dad is a big sneakerhead. You know, right. he's an old school dude, loves sneakers. It's funny because he, when he comes over to my house, his complaints are my son doesn't have enough sneakers. <laughs> and I'm like, dad, are you, are you kidding me? Like, who the hell cares about sneakers? You did. I used to buy you sneakers every month. Well, I'm times have changed and people have changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then with my mom, it's always, oh, you know, Jimmy, your, your son is 12 years old. What is he doing with an iPhone? What is he doing with an Apple Watch? The streets are messy. They're going to rob him. Oh. You keep doing it. You watch. One day he's going to get robbed. Oh, and it's like, God. come on, mom. You're throwing that up in the air. It's going to happen. Yep. You put it out into the world. It happens. <laughs> so my joke to her is always, yo, if somebody robs my son, I better not catch them. That's it. <laughs> because I'm the dad that will smile in my mugshot. Yep. And she takes it as, oh, you think that's funny? And it's like, well, Ma, you know, you can't live in fear. So I really don't like people imposing their will on, on other parents. I don't believe anybody has the proper answer or the blueprint. And my parents definitely do not have it. 
do you feel that with the with the rise of social media now that parent shaming is is much more commonplace not only obviously in your own circle but now to outsiders because of that like have you dealt with that as as you know you run your organization uh parent shaming hell yeah man parent shaming is real you know social social giving it takes right like social has opened up the world for like that everybody could be somebody and become like a media company but at the same time when you're doing that you put out a picture of you and your kids like you know for example of dad kissing his son or his dad or dad kissing a newborn daughter oh man people hate that like people will start writing yo what are you doing what are you doing kissing your son what are you doing kissing your daughter whatever whatever like that's real People will also come at you and tell you, you know, all you keep posting is all the good shit. Where's the bad stuff? But when you post the bad stuff, people hate it. People talk trash. So parenting, you know, bullying is serious, right? And when it comes to parenting, it also applies to that to that vertical, too, where there are parents out there writing, oh, I would never do this with my kid. Oh, I'll never do that with my son. Oh, you a loser. I never see you with your kids in the pictures. You know, social media is just a glimpse into people's lives. And most of the time they put out the best shit anyway. I but think people people feel inclined to give up, you know, give up some comments, man, and they like to troll. I think it, it's scary too. It, you know, it's funny you mentioned bullying. You know, when we were growing up, especially because because we're 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 close in age and we kind of came from the same backgrounds. You know, bullying. You know, somebody bullied you. You'd get the you 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 you'd get the you'd get the balls and you'd shoot the five, and that was it. Now, you know, when I read that a ten year old child is hanging himself in a closet, man. It, it breaks my heart because I'm like, yo, have we really come to this? Yeah. It's, it's scary, you know, and, and it's funny because you, you were, you were, you did a, an update on social recently about having the talk with your son. And, you know, I, I laugh at that because it's like, see, that's the stuff that people, that exactly what you said, that's not the pretty stuff that people don't want to document, but that's the real stuff that's out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think that's what, I think that's what motivates me. Where I look at a lot of these, um, you know, my, my thing started off as a as a as an Instagram profile. It didn't start off doing events. It didn't start off with a podcast, email list, none of that. It was a simple Instagram account. Um, and it, it felt to me like the way I was going to cause a difference was to show all the aspects of fatherhood. Like we're not perfect. Right. I, you know, I worry about a lot of things when it comes to my kids. I worry about bullying. I worry about the sex talk. I worry about grades. Why not show that? That's real fatherhood. Like I see dads all the time. Like you know, put up a shirt, you know, number one dad, and they'll take a selfie with their kids and they'll be in front of the, the mirror and they'll tell me, yo, James, can you repost this? And they get mad because I tell them, no, I'm not reposting selfies. Yep. Like, do something with your child. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do something with your child, whether it's good, good or bad. Maybe your child caught, maybe your child was riding a bike and they fell and now they got stitches. Yo, give me the picture of you in the hospital getting your child stitched up. That doesn't really dictate that fatherhood is lit, right? But it does because this is part of fatherhood. Like when the kid falls, you're sad. You run over to the kid. You're like, oh, my baby, I hope you're not in pain, whatever, whatever. A day later, you're laughing about it. Right. That's fatherhood, man. Like I don't I don't understand why people are afraid to show it. Um, you know, especially in this world where everybody talks about being authentic. Like why are you hiding it? I think I think authenticity is something that when it comes to, to parenting – it, it, it kind of becomes um, I, I, I want to say that people try and give rap and dress it up like it's something that they should sh- that they have to strive to do. And it's like, listen, you should be authentic with your kids because your kids are one thousand percent honest. If you yeah. ask a kid, hey, do you like my shirt? They're going to tell you it sucks. 
There's no, there's no villainy behind it. There's no negative connotation behind it. They're going to give you an honest answer. So why can't, why can't you be honest with your kids? You know, yo, keep it real. Like, like my, my son is in middle school. You know, I, I went to his school maybe like two or three weeks ago. I met him at the mall and he's walking with his friends. My, my son is a super nerd, you know, super geek, loves math, loves science, just like his dad, you know, just like me. We geek out over, over the nerdy things, right? Um, so he's chilling with his little crew. My son is Asian and Puerto Rican. He's chilling with an Asian kid, um, a kid from India, and I forgot the other kid's uh, race. I think he was Spanish. And they're walking, and another kid is, like, cracking jokes at them from his school. I don't know this kid. So the first thing I do when I sit down with my son and his friends, you know, I bought them Chick-fil-A. We sitting down, and I tell his friends, and his friends all gave me this baffling look. I go, yo, Jaden, is that kid bullying you? He goes, nah. And I go, what did I tell you if somebody bullies you? And straight up, he goes, you told me, punch them in the fucking face. Yep. All his friends looked at me like, what? Like, what is this? Like, this nerdy kid is ready to punch people in the faces. Yep. And I told all his friends, I was like, yo, if Jaden is with y'all and a kid bullies you and Jaden doesn't do anything to help y'all, y'all let me know because it's going to be a problem. Yep. And people this get baffled This is what I mean by that. keeping it real with your kids. Yep. People get baffled when you say that. Like, like exactly that. Like. My mother, old school Puerto Rican lady, and she was like, listen, somebody hits you, you hit him back. And people are like, and people get baffled when you say that. Because listen, when I, when I was five years old, I, a, a kid slashed my face with a spork in kindergarten. What? And I went, I told the, I told the, I, I did the right thing. I told the adult. The adult was like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They wrote it off. I told my mother. Well, I got, I got home. My mother saw my face. She went to the school. The school kind of gave a lip service. I mean, it's a crazy story, but as crazy the, the the pay the end game out of it was, my mom ended up whooping the kid's mother's ass. <laughs> she sounded like something I would do. <laughs> yep, and, and and again, I I remember, you know, her and 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 her cousin just whooping this lady's ass. I was in kindergarten. They pulled me in the classroom. You know, I ended up having to move go to another school, but it was just crazy. And my and you know, my mother was like, "Yo, that could have been his eye." And, you know, I thought of I thought of what you said about I'd smile in my mugshot. And it was funny because obviously, you know, cops came. This was, you know, 1985 in the Bronx. They come. The lady's like, oh, I'm not going to press charges because she knew what time it was, you know. And, and you know, the, the, the crazy thing about it was that that stuck with me now as a parent. I'm like, yo, somebody puts hands on my kid. My kid's defending themselves, period. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I, I put out the, the caption, you know, I, I rather... I'd rather talk to the to the to the teachers or the principal when my kids are gonna be in trouble. Yep. Than to speak at the morgue. That's right? like 100%. Here, here in Staten Island, like that's you know, you hear about kids throwing themselves off the train all the time or standing yep. in front of the train or killing themselves. You know, these are kids that sometimes have no way things out. that we don't have. Yep. But they still fall victim to being bullied. Which is crazy yeah. because, you know, now it's so much social man and the stuff that I see happening, it's like Bully, like like when we were growing up, you'd go to school, you'd have a bully at school or maybe on the block. Now you got bullies, you know, on social, you got bullies in Snapchat, you got bullies on YouTube, you got bullies on Twitch. Damn. It's insane. And they still punks. Yep. You know, they still punks. Like, you know, anybody that sees me, I'm small in stature. You know, I'm 5'8", you know, 200 pounds. I'm a small dude. I'm not a muscular dude. I look super young. I look like I'm 14, even though I'm 39. They, they'll look at me and be like, no way you used to fight these bullies off. That's all I did. Like, I grew up in the South Bronx. Yep. Like, I, I had to. I, my dad had me in new sneakers every month. So when kids came up to me and told me, yo, what size are you? 
there, there yep. was no. We knew what the deal was. Eight. It's yo, it's a punch right to your nose. I know what you're doing. Yep. And that's just the way I, I was raised. And you know, I was a, a straight A student. Same thing with my son. Like he's a straight A student. He doesn't have to deal with the hood. We got him in a in a white picket fence area. Yep. The, the dude is in a in a good school, like as close to a private school as you could get. Y'all better not mess with my son, because if he don't come after y'all, I'm coming after your parent. Yep. That's and just that's- the way it is, and I, I'm I'm down with that. Like I I'm all for it, man. Any you know, I'm the type of dude that it hurts to say, but I'm the type of dude that when my son holds the door for somebody and they don't say thank you, I'm the one screaming, "Yo, thank you." Yep. Say you're welcome. Yep. Like that's just me. You and, know what and, I mean? And, and I think this world got in a little soft, man. I think I think that's a big part of it, but I also feel that the messages are so mixed because people are consuming so much. Yeah. Meaning that you know, if if you know Kim Kardashian has her daughter in this mini dress, you know, five moms want to do the same thing. But you know, the kid the kid puts takes her mom's high heels and takes a photo with them, and those are the same mothers. Like, ah, how are you gonna let your daughter do that? I think that the problem. Yeah is that there's information overload, especially with, with parents, because like you said, you got your in-laws or, or older generational folks telling you how to raise your kids. You got the internet telling you how to raise your kids. It's like, just raise them on your own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's too many people worried about what others say and what they show. Yep. You know, like I get, I get text messages or DMS from people telling me, yo, you had another event. Like what's up with school? Like, your kids cannot be doing good in school. And it's like, my man, you don't even know me. There you, go. <laughs> you don't know me. Like I, if, if my kids weren't doing well in school or doing the things that they had to do, we wouldn't be here. That's we right. wouldn't be at this event. Or some of them but, would and some of them wouldn't because, hey, your grades aren't where they got to be. You're not yeah, going. Like <laughs> it's whole, not difficult. My whole point when that was, why are you worried about it? You know what I mean? Like it's almost like like in the hood we have this saying, don't, you know, don't check people's pockets. Yep. Right. Same thing with parenting. Don't check people's parenting. You're not the one parenting, so don't check it. Now, if I do something really, really stupid, then come up to me, let me know, or if you got to call the authorities, cool. Chances of things like that happening are slim to none with us. Yep. And I think it's the same for most dads. Like dads ain't out there looking to hurt their kids or teach them the wrong things, but don't check us either. Give us a chance to to teach our kids, and when we fuck up, give us a chance to actually repair that. Well, you know, it it was funny you put up a a, a clip. And I think your youngest accidentally hit your oldest and you <laughs> it wasn't an accident, bro. No, no, no. But, but, but the funny <laughs> thing was you put, and, and that's, and, and that's where it was leading me to. You put that up and you said that and you're like, I should have checked them, but I got to laugh. And you said, you know, I'm not perfect. Mess up sometimes, but it was, it was such a well articulated, simple thing that spoke volumes to me because it's like, Hey, don't do that. But you got to laugh, you know, because it's like you can't you, you can't be disciplinary in 24 seven either, you know, yeah, like, nah, yo, he, and like he you caught you. Ha ha ha. You know, but don't do that again. <laughs> should follow nah, that. Also, you got to look at situations like that. And you got to say this is a teaching moment for all of us. Yep. Right. Because that was my littlest one. My youngest one is only two. Yep. You know what I mean? He swung on my six year old. My six year old swings on my 12 year old. There you go. So the the main lesson for my six year old was yo don't turn your back no more. <laughs> you <get laughs> you know, little man is wild. Yep. He has a weapon. Do not turn your face yep. because the same thing you do to your older brother, he's gonna do to you. Now so got- it was one of those situations where I could you know I kind of messed up my little one and been you know maybe spanked his hand and told yep. him don't do that anymore. But the real lesson she had came to the to the middle child, which is yo stop sleeping. <laughs> Where we come from, we don't sleep. <laughs> 
Well, you know, this, uh, this brings me to something and I, and I, and I want to definitely use this to kind of bring things into perspective. Where, where is you, where do you stand as a father with that? Like you just said, you hit your kid on the hand. Where do you stand with that in general? Because there's always a, a big conflict about discipline. Like when the, when the father makes his son wear the sandwich board because he was a bully and mm-hmm. makes him walk to school and, you know, X, Y, and Z and everybody's like, Oh, you shouldn't do that or blah, blah, blah. You know, how do you, let, let's talk discipline as, as parents. And I want to, I want to put that out there just at, not only for you to answer it, but just in general, what's, what's your viewpoint on how to approach discipline? So I, I came from a family that my dad never touched me. Um, my mama on the other hand, she would try. And whenever she would try to get me, I would run to my dad and my dad would, would cover me. He right. would hide me and tell her, yo, don't hit him. Like, that's not going to work. He never believed in, in the spank. Right. Um, I'm different. Once again, I'm not perfect. I'm different. I look at my kids, my oldest child, I barely ever had to spank him or scold him. My middle child, that dude is a beast. He (laughs) needed a spanking every now and then. Now, where the limit, where I set the limit is two things. I will never hit him like I'm hitting another man because I don't want to hurt them. Right. And it comes to a point when, especially if you have boys, once they're like two, three years old, you can't hit them hard enough. They don't feel that shit. Nope. That don't work. Like they'll cry because they're embarrassed, but they don't feel that shit. I'm not marking my kid. I'm not breaking my kid's nose. So that's dead. (laughs) Second thing that I will not do with the discipline is I will not embarrass my kids. I am not the type. I remember seeing a video of a dad that was mad at his kid. I don't know what he did. Maybe he bullied. Maybe he forgot his homework. I don't know what it was. And he gave him a fucked up haircut. Wow. And and sent them to school with a real messed up haircut. And all the kids were mocking him and joking around and putting him on social and all that. That's a no, no. Because what you wanted to do, which was discipline your child, you did it. But you embarrassed them for life because that now exists on the internet. Now this on this is on the internet for life and yep. it leads to bigger problems with bullying. Yep. Now imagine imagine that same dad cuts that kid's hair, he goes to school and now a bully picks on him and now the dad comes, beats up the other dad, yep. and he goes to jail. Who started that whole sequence? That's right. It wasn't the kid's fault, it was your fault. You wanted to embarrass your kid and you succeeded. You embarrassed them. Now somebody's picking on them. Now you're going to revert and go protect them. Doesn't doesn't work like that. So those are my two things. If you got to spank them, spank them. Just don't spank them like if you're spanking another dude because they don't feel it. And if you hit them hard enough, the repercussions are going to come right back to you. And I don't mean by jail time. I don't mean by police. You're going to feel like shit. Yep. Imagine you smack your kid and you see a handprint on his butt. After a while, you're going to look at yourself and you're going to say, damn, I'm a dick. Why did I do that? Like it wasn't that serious. You know what I mean? So those are my two things with discipline. Do what you got to do. Don't embarrass them and never hit them harder than you would hit like uh, the next person. Don't try to fight them. This is not a war. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. So so then how do you how do you tackle it then when when you have to do when you have to address discipline? Let's say let's say with your oldest. How do you handle it with your oldest if you had to if you had to address something from a disciplinary standpoint? Oh, oh I hurt him. I hurt him and I don't hurt him physically. All right. My kid is 12 years old. He's in that stage where it's show off stage. Yep. He has an Apple Watch. He has an iPhone. He loves Wi-Fi. He loves Fortnite. Guess what? You know, my nerves, all that shit is gone. Yep. There's nothing, nothing more embarrassing. You know, we talked about not embarrassing your child. Right. This is embarrassing. So you got to bend your rules a little bit, right? Because when he goes to school, all his friends are looking at him and saying, yo, what happened to your watch? (laughs) My son is going to tell him, yo, my dad took it. I hope he tells him the truth, which is my dad took it. He's going to be embarrassed, but it works. I cut off Wi-Fi. I cut off the phone. It's crazy. One time I took away his phone and he came to me and my wife and he goes, Oh man, I got in trouble. All you guys ever do is take away my phone. 
I was like, oh, word, that didn't really hurt you. Give me a watch. For some reason, the watch hurt him more than the phone. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. For a whole week, he's like, Dad, uh, you know, I do really good in school. I messed up this one day with you. Can I have my watch back? Dude, you can't use your watch unless you have your phone. Yep. I don't. I still don't get it, but that hurt him. So my way of disciplining him is taking away the things he's loved. Same thing with my other kids. Well, my second kid, the six-year-old, same thing. Take off Wi-Fi. Don't let him watch Netflix. Yo, threaten him. We're not going to Disney this year. Oh, forget about it. Those, those crocodile tears really come down. <laughs> and then the little one, this, the little one, man, I just, I, I don't even hit him no more. What I do is like, if he's in front of me, I wrap my legs around him and I just hold him there for like minutes. Yep. He gets so mad because he can't get out. Gotta do it. That, that does it way more than smacking him because when I smack him, you better believe he'll cry for like a minute or two and then and he'll, he'll go right back to doing it. Yep. <laughs> well, what am I going to do then? Pull him by the ear? I'm not doing that shit. Man. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny you mentioned pulling by the ear. I remember the the old the old squeeze the back of the earlobe, and oh, the parents man. talk to you with the clenched teeth. Don't make me have to take you outside. <laughs> yeah, I brought you into this life. I'll take you out. <laughs> you know, and, and and I want I wanted to have that conversation with you because I felt that that's something that causes a lot of discord amongst parents. It's that 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 how do I approach discipline, and then. To going back to what you said, everybody has their their take on it and everybody's take, oh, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, and, you know, my way is the best way. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, as long as the message is conveyed, you, you're doing the right thing. But like you just said, the embarrassment of it, especially in the era of the Internet, it just sticks. Like that kid that's wearing the sandwich board, it's like, guess what? If I look up bullied kid with sandwich board on Google, guess what? That kid's photo is there. Yeah, and it sucks, man, because you're going to. You're going to look back and you're going to say, what was I thinking? Well, the other thing, too, is is it, it is is part of the blame also the fact that the parent is going out there and promoting it on social media and putting it on Facebook? Um, That that, that makes you question his um his motives. Gotcha. Like, were the motives to to teach your child something or were the motives to show people that you were about that life and teaching your child something? Like, yeah. I, I have a feeling that a lot of people that do those embarrassing things online and document them. I have a feeling that they do them for the likes and the views, you know, the acknowledgement. Like, I have a feeling that somebody there, one of their friends is writing back to them. Yo, that's the way you do it, dogs. And they're looking at it and saying, that's right. I'm the man. Yeah. Like um, I saw a YouTube video of the guy. I, I think he smashed like the kid's Xbox. And, mm-hmm. he, you know, obviously it's on YouTube. It, it, it went yeah. viral and it's just him taking an Xbox outside. And he gets he put on like a chopping block outside and chopped it. And the kid's like screaming. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, who wins in this scenario? Because if you bought it for him. Now you got to buy him another one when yeah. like, when the fire dies down. Like, who wins here? And that's what I'm saying. Like, what, what, did, you, what did you do it for? For the likes? Yep. Like, did you do it to, for online? Because to me, that's what it seems like. It doesn't seem like you did it to discipline them. Because, you know, once again, when I when I take away my fo- my son's Apple Watch or his phone or whatever or, or shut off the Wi-Fi, we're not throwing that on YouTube. We're not throwing it online. That's an internal thing. You know what I mean? That's a, yo, you got on my nerves. Now I'm going to get on your nerves. You know what I mean? I don't like I, when I discipline my kids, you won't see it because that's for us. Makes sense. You know, that's for us. You know, that's for us. That's the privacy of the home. I think a lot of people want to show off that they're that they're good dads by disciplining their kids online. Yo, there's better ways to do that. Yep. Show show yourself at the at the donuts for dads. Show yourself getting their report cards when 95 percent of dads don't even show up to pick up a report card. That's how you show you the man. That's right. You know what I mean? Hell, like, that's my, what I show my. My my mother said my mother never did one single parent teacher. Mm-hmm. What she said was they don't need to see me 
And if they and if you have to see me at school, it's it it's going to be for something not good. Yeah, it's a problem. Me, and and it was weird because you know like she never went. You know they're like, oh, is your mom coming to parent teacher? I'm like, nope. <laughs> and, but it works. And that's how. And that's and and it's and it's strange, you know, because you know, like I was telling you before we we started recording, like my sisters, they go to you know special needs programs for adults. So you know, it's it, it, they kind of get report cards, but it's a little different. And they'll be like, oh, are you gonna come in? I'm like, why? I'm like, we gotta have a phone conference and accomplish the same thing. You don't need to see my face. <laughs> yeah. No, no. You know, I I believe in that too because my wife's a teacher. Right. So since she's a teacher, when it's parent teacher night, she can't be there because she has to take care of her students. Right. So I'm there. The only reason I go is because, you know, I I love to ask questions. Right. So I'm in there asking them questions, but I also like to know who the hell is around my kids. Right. Besides that, I I believe what your mom said. Like, I remember one time they called my house for my middle child. He was um, he didn't have his uh, uniform pants. His school changed the policy for uniform pants. And my son loves to wear sweatpants. So he was wearing his blue sweats without the name of the school. They, the principal called my house. Mind you, my son is, you know, one of the top performers at the school. Oh, right? man. So she called my house and my wife spoke to her and I hear my wife screaming. And I'm like, you know, my wife isn't like that. What the hell's going on? Come to find out the, the principal called my wife and told her, hey, you know, Jaden Lopez, he might he might get detention if he doesn't wear his pants. My wife's a teacher, UFT member. She looked at the rules. She broke it down to the teacher and told him. The first thing she told him was, first of all, this is not in your rule book, so you shouldn't be calling me for this. Second of all, why is our first encounter a negative one when my son has been in your school for two years and is one of your top students? Why didn't you call me for something good, but you want to call me for something bad? Like, it just doesn't make sense. That's crazy. And that's the same way I feel about report cards, where it's like, yo, don't give don't give me that great progress report once or twice a year. Maybe maybe there's a better way to communicate that. Like, I don't need to do that. Like, I don't I, sometimes I don't feel like I want to go to report cards, but I go because I need to show my face. Right. Right. But I also believe that, yeah, if we need to go to the, see your teachers, then something might be wrong. Because right. when we when I go with my son, every teacher gives us five minutes. I hear the same shit over and over again, yep. for three or four minutes. Great. Yo, your son Great is a model game. student. <laughs> Next year, we want him to, to take regents classes. We suggest that he goes to a specialized school. I don't need to hear that from 10 teachers. Yep. You know what I mean? So it all depends. But I, but but that story when my wife told the teacher, told the principal, don't call me again <laughs> for negative things. I I, I kind of like it was funny to me because it was it was true. Where it was like, yo, y'all never celebrate all the good shit that they do. Yep, it's true. But you want to call us over a fucking of a pants uniform that you changed the policy mid school year? Yep. Come on, get that shit out of here. <laughs> That's uh, the, you know, I wanna I wanna talk about you know the, this uh, this entrepreneurial journey for you. You know, how's that, how's that carried over to your kids? Like, are your kids interested now in, you know, starting their own business, being their own boss, especially your oldest? Cause he's, you know, he's absorbing so much from you. Cause I, I see him with you pretty much at, at everything. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a beautiful and much needed question and something that I love to answer because coming from entrepreneurship, my dad, my dad told me, don't chase that. He told me when I came out of school, I worked really hard, gave you a foundation, go to college, you know, go make yourself your 75 to 100 grand. Yep. You live Checking in New off York the City. boxes. Yep. Checking, Checking off all the boxes, uh-huh. right? Go do that. Go do that. When I quit my job, he was the one that I was most fearful of telling. Uh-huh. I'm and it was sure. funny because when I told him, I told him that I quit my job, he was like, oh, good. I knew you would do that. I knew you were going <laughs> to chase your dream somehow. So wow. it was kind of like weird, right? Um, But now with my son, I love it because he's part of the company. Like, 
at first he used to just come with me. Now when we host events, I grab the mic and I, t- I make him say something. Where it's like, yo, Jaden, wow. you are the co-CEO of Cool for Dads. That's fantastic. You have to do these certain things. So now he's looking for a photographer. He's looking for a video guy. He's making sure that I have my ads up. He's making sure that the events actually suit his friends. Wow. Like he's trying. And all he always tells me is, dad, we're going to make it. So it's kind of dope to sit there with him and he gets to see it from the beginning where it's the hardest. And hopefully he sees a brighter future with it. I think that's kind of dope. Like I think I think for fathers, the best way to teach your kid anything is to for you to do it yourself. Right. To lead by example. Once you have that, once you're leading by example, include them. I don't lose anything by including him in my business. On paper, I'm the CEO. I'm the sole founder. That's it. In my world, he's the, he's the co-CEO. That's it. He's, he's working. Same thing with the rest of my kids. I put all three of them in front of me. Like we did an event with Home Depot in the school and I saw the parents and they all looked nervous. They didn't speak English, mostly Spanish dads. I brought my son up there and I switched it to Spanish. I can't speak Spanish really good. But I'm sitting there with my son and I'm telling all of them, this is my son. He's my co-founder. Like whatever you're doing outside of school, make sure that you do it with your kids. And the dad's caught on to that because I led by example, which is I'm not just saying he's helping me. He's giving you the paint. He's the one telling you how to build this. He's telling you, are you okay? I just saw you hammer your finger. (laughs) Do you need medical attention? You know what I mean? Like I think by me doing this and including him, whether he's doing videos for me, whether he's doing a picture, it's awesome, bro. Like he's learning way more than I learned. Like my thing was growing up as a youngster was hustling. Yep. I learned from the corner boys. That's it. That's it. He doesn't have that. He doesn't need that. He got his dad teaching him about stocks. I got him teaching about housing. Like whenever we go pick up a rent roll from somebody, guess who deposits it? I don't deposit it. My son does. That's right. Now he knows the value. It's like, oh, dad, you know, we got X amount of dollars. I'm going to put it in the bank. Can I take out X amount of dollars for me? Hell no. I saw when the, the, the video, when you, when you, the photo, when you were talking about sending them to do the ATM and to learn the ATM. Yeah. And, you know, I, again, another thing that, again, I, you know, I like, like, I don't, I don't message you a bunch of times to big you up, but it resonates with me because one of the foundations that we lack now is all those basics. Like when we yeah. were in school, think about it. We didn't learn how to fill out a W2. Hell no. We, Man, didn't we learn, still don't know how to fill ex- that shit exactly. out. Exactly. <laughs> we didn't learn how to do that. We didn't learn how to, how to uh, set up a bank account, how to balance a checkbook. We didn't learn any of that. We don't, you know, home ec is a lost concept. Nobody knows how to cook. Yeah. And, and, and it's crazy because all those fundamentals are things that, you know, we, we can leverage to teach our kids. You know, like my mom taught me how to cook and my brother how to sew. That's how it worked. Cause you know, I'm all thumbs and a bull in the China shop. She's like, yeah, you can, but, um, <laughs> but you can cook. And, and that's just what it was, you know? And, and, and the, and it's funny cause she's like, I'm going to teach you how to cook. So you don't got to wait on no woman to cook feed. And I was like, well, all right. But, the, it, but it, it's great because when I saw that and I saw you sending, sending your son to the ATM, I said, he gets it. He knows what time it is. And again, it's a generational thing. Like we're kind of covering the same fabric. So you know. It's like they don't teach him that. Like right now, your kids taking advanced regions classes, doing all this stuff. But if you tell this kid, fill out your, your son, fill out this job application, you know, he's going to be like, Dad, what do I put here? You know, yeah. Yo, W2, the W2 right now will confuse the heck out of him, man. Yep, you And know? he's getting into that age where he could do like some youth employment. I think I started when I was 14. Yeah, I think it's like 14, 15. Yeah. And, and he's going to do that. Yep. You know, the only the only difference is that instead of him do, doing some youth with the with the New York City organization. Right. 
um, I'm gonna send them to one of my tech friends. There it's like, go. yo, go intern over there, and you guys don't gotta pay him. I'll just I'll cover his uh his, his stipend, <laughs> you know, the transportation, whatever. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and 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 it goes back to what you were saying. It's all about the foundation. So when it comes to the ATM and money talk, when I was younger, my dad, I had to actually watch my dad pay for a credit card. When you don't have credit, I don't know how many people know this. When you don't have credit and you go to a bank, yep. the bank tells you, you give us $500, your credit limit will be $500 for it's the right. year. It's secured. It's secured. It's a, sec- it's a secured credit loan, right? So you have that. After the year, now you build up your credit. Now you don't got to give us $500. We'll give you a $1,000 limit. Yep. So I saw my dad do that when I was like 15 because he always had money, but he never had credit. Yep. So I saw him start building his credit. He gave me his credit card. Cool. I went to school. I started learning about stocks. This is when Microsoft first came out, Nike, all of that. I told my dad, yo, dad, $500, buy us some Microsoft stocks, please. This is going to be a company. I love computers. This is going to be great. This is when Windows 95 was out. My dad told me, hell no. I worked hard for that $500. I'm not giving it to you. What the heck do you know? <laughs> I didn't understand that at, at that point. Yep. And I was really pissed off at him because right now we would have been rich. <laughs> right? Instead, I look at it as, yo, my dad set the foundation. He gave me an education. He worked hard for me to get an education. He taught me about credit and compound interest. He wasn't ready for me to teach him about stocks. But my kids are now ready for that because I already have that foundation. That's right. So now instead of just teaching them about compound interest and credit history, I'm actually adding another component, which is, yo, go pick up our rent. Yo, Jaden, do you like this stock? Let's buy some of those. You know, like I included him in my snap. Like I bought a, a big stake in Snapchat um, maybe like three or four months ago. Snapchat dropped to like $6. I sat down with my son who's 12 years old and I go, yo, yo, son, how do you communicate with your kids, with your friends? And he told That's me, it. we only use Snapchat. That's What's it. Facebook? What's Instagram? What's wow. Tinder? He doesn't know these things. All they use is Snapchat and iMessages. I already own Apple. Well, let me go buy some Snapchat. And go. I explained to him why I was buying Snapchat. I'm buying Snapchat because you're 12. I'm securing your future. You're losing this every single day. Chances are when you're 18, Snapchat is still here. So here's your future. Whether we make a ton of money off of it or not, now you actually get to watch it progress. Yep. Come back to me with your questions. That's what's up. So you lay down the foundation. Your, your, your mom came through. She laid down a foundation for you. Now it's your turn to take your foundation and add another layer to it. That's it. Then your kids are going to come through. They're going to add another layer to it. Yo, that's how you create generational wealth. And it doesn't mean I don't mean that by money. Nope. I mean, just Knowledge. by intelligence. It's true. You know what I mean? Like my dad never wanted to buy a house because of his foundation. At 26 years old, I, I bought my first house because of him teaching me about compound interest and how to leverage things. 27, I bought another one. None of that would have happened if I didn't have that first initial foundation. He gave me that. Now my kids could take what I got. And expand on it. I, now, I, even if even if I lose in the business game, I already won. Yep, you're winning in the life game. Yeah, my kids are straight, man. I'm I'm about to be 40 years old. Well, I'm gonna be 40 next year. Like in in real in realistic terms, I might have another it. 40 years of my life. That you know what's crazy? It's I, already done. I I heard a podcast about it, and it was a dude. He was similar age like us, and he was like, "Yo, man, I want to." He told the host, "I want to die when I'm 88 years old." And he goes, that would be X date. I'll be 88 years old on my 88th birthday. So the guy was like, really? He goes, why are you, why are you writing that down? And he goes, because it's a reminder that that's how much time I have left. Yeah. And it's, and it's crazy because 
you know, I was talking with a buddy of mine, you know, like you, me, you and I are in an age now where like childhood hero stuff we grew up with, it's dying. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, you know, the, the, you know, Nipsey Hussle or, you know, big, like big Tupac, like that was when we were younger, but now it's like, you know, it's not just random celebrity, but like in our own circle, you know, like, 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 yo, like, Hey man, I went to high school with this dude and he's got cancer and he's dying. Like, yo, like that. And and it's just crazy because now we're in that window. Yeah. And it, and it's scary, you know, because then you have to talk to your kids about it and be like, listen, you'll, you'll get there too, you know? And, 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 and that road is that, that road takes time. And you know, now like children don't get to experience too much loss. So, they're not molded by it like we end up being when we get older. Yeah. Now they're soft now. <laughs> yep. And let's be real, but they're soft for a reason. Yep. And the reason is we all progressed. You know, the hardships that you had growing up, you're not, you're not, you don't have your kids involved in that hardship anymore. That's right. So, you know, it's for a good cause, but at the same token, uh, like what do we do to keep them hungry now? You know what I mean? Like what, what's next? Yep. I think, I think that's the scary part, you know, like, like my, my, my nephew's in his twenties. I'm like, listen, man, you know, you'll never know what the crack era of New York was where, mm-hmm. you know, your parents would be like, don't play in that grass. There might be needles in it. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, the, and it, and it, and it's those, those type of things that, you know, I'm grateful for the progression. You know, when people complain about, you know, gentrification, I tell them, I'm like, do you want to live with a shootout every other day on your block? Cause if you do, that's great. I don't, you know, like, it, it, and and i and and the beauty of, of 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 parenting especially is that your kids get to enjoy those benefits and like you just said you can't put a price tag on that nah man if you know i get hit by a car today like I, i'm I, i'm not happy being gone but i'm happy that i i'm happy to know that i've set something up for them like i've set a foundation that's right you know where now hopefully i could be that dad that when they're when they're walking around and thinking about doing something they'll say what would dad think? Not what wa- not what dad would do, but more of what would dad think about this? Right. Because I don't want them doing what I did. I just want them to think, you know, and that's something that we're, especially with the age of the internet, we're kind of taking that away. Like it went from, you know, it's kind of crazy because back in the days I used to tell people, yo, stop asking me business questions. Like, you know, people would ask me, hey, how do you incorporate? I'd be like, yo, go to Google. Yep. Go to Google. Go to Google. We don't got to do that no more. But that don't necessarily mean that our kids are willing to go look for the answers either. Nope, because now, yeah. now you could do a book report just off a Wikipedia entry. <laughs> yeah, or, or ask Siri, or ask Siri. Yo, Siri, yep. who's Derek Jeter? Yep. And just write everything down. Yep. Like you know, they're getting lazy. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Um, and it's up to us. It's up to us to kind of like kill that. So you know, for me, it's like with my son, like he he was having trouble with ELA. I gave him the books that I read. You know, I gave him the Gary Vaynerchuk's. I gave him the Alexis Ohanian's. I didn't give him that to teach him something about business. I gave him that because I could keep up with him. Now, when he reads a chapter, he can't lie to me. Right. He'd be like, yeah, Alexis Ohanian started Nike. No, he didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, he started well reading. I read that book, dude. You know, like, like that's how I, how I'm starting to like, how, how I'm starting to like chase along with this journey or, or ride along with this journey where it's like these kids are growing faster than we did. Um, but in different ways, like you and I, we had to grow up quicker than our kids did. 100%. Being in maturity, they don't have that, but now they got, now they succumb to other problems. We didn't have to deal with the internet bullies. Nope. They do. So now it's up to us to teach them how to, how we used to deal with the in real life bullies and now how you're going to have to deal with it. That's right. Now it's all foundation, all foundational, man. Now, now, you know, with, with, with that said, now that you've been running, you know, your business for a while and you've been, you've been building it gradually, 
what's you know now in this age of technology i'm I'm assuming you pretty much run your business off your phone um for the most part yeah yep like and and that's what that's the next part i was gonna uh, you know being a, a tech person the fact that you run that you're running an entire business on your phone and you're connected gives you obviously affords you more time to spend with your kids how do you how do you separate at one point though when do you when do when does business james shut off and dad james take over oh man i'm my wife hates it because you know i sometimes she'll come home and she'll use the phone when i'm not and i'll tell her yo i'm the tech guy what the hell are you doing on your phone right right so i cut off man like what i meant like today today my kids will be home around two o'clock we have a lego event at four two o'clock i'm done okay business james is done shut down the most you're gonna get from business james today is a post after our lego event telling people yo today was the lego event it was a special build star wars build if you guys made it tag me that's it you're not catching me no more (laughs) you know what i mean and same thing on the weekends the weekends i'm not doing emails I'm not writing. I'm not doing anything. The, the most I'll do on the weekends is make sure that my post for the day is up on Instagram because Instagram seems to be like my biggest driver. Yep. And that's easy. That's easy because we're always doing something. So all I got to do is document my life, which is a piece of cake, it's a piece of cake, man. Like Saturday, like, uh, like we're, this month we have Saturday, Saturday, we have um, Home Depot in the morning. We have Wu-Tang Day. We're getting a Wu-Tang district in Staten Island. And then we're getting um, uh, Star Wars Day in Barnes and Noble. That's three pieces of content that I'm going to put up that I didn't have to force because I'm already going to be there. Gotcha. I'm going to be at all three events representing for dads with dads. That's easy. Business James, that's, that's the easy part. That takes up maybe 10 minutes of my whole day to post those three pictures. That's so good. once my kids are home, it's over, man. You ain't catching me. You ain't catching me unless we have something in the calendar. Nice. And and, and all the content that you're you're building, you know, you're you're writing all, all the blog posts and and, you know, you have your contributors and. And, and you're structuring that out. So do you basically pre-plan like like right now, you know, it's May 3rd, do, you know, do you wake up and go, OK, for May, we're doing this, this, this and this and this. And it's already structured out Um, when it comes to the content side. Yeah. Nah, on the content side, it's whatever comes to me, like um, like for this weekend, we'll, we'll do Home Depot and Lego Star Wars, you know, Star Wars Day. So I'll probably write a piece of content on Star Wars Day okay. simply because we're doing two events with it. Gotcha. Um, but usually it's whatever come up. Like one day we went to Philly, um, we went for vacation and we, we went to eat Philly cheesesteaks and I remember buying one and I remember my son, my, um, middle child telling me I want one too. <laughs> and it was like a reminder of equal rights where it was like, we bought one for his brother. He wants one too. And we forgot to get him one. So next thing you know, I'm writing a, a content about equal rights and kids because we forget, you know, you look at your older, like when you got multiple kids, you look at your older one and you say, all right, I'm gonna buy him a pair of sneakers. My middle one doesn't care about that. Yep. Next thing you know, your middle child is telling you, yo, me too. Like, what's up? Where's my kicks? You can't buy him something and not buy me something. You know, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because growing up, my we had a, a the rationale in my house was my mother was like, yo, if I can't buy for one, I'm buying for none. Yeah, I agree. And, that, and and to hear you say that, that and that's a, that's a tough thing to juggle. And, 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 and I'm glad that, you know, you're 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 self-aware with that, man. It's a fight. It's a fight. Like my, my, you know, my, once again, my oldest son, Brainiac, you know, we're paying for his, um, for his tutoring, for he could take a specialized exam, right? He has to take it next year. That specialized exam, the tutoring is about $2,000. So when my middle child is having trouble with the ELA, first thing I look at my wife and I tell her, yo, if we're going to invest $2,000 into my son's future for him to go to a specialized school where he could go to a public school, we better have $2,000 
for my middle one to get some cool mom training. That's how I justify it. If if we can't provide for my middle child, my older one ain't getting it either. Now, you know, you know, on the subject of of, of money and monetization, how 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 many challenges have you faced, especially you know when you're trying to 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 present this to to brands? Have you have you had an easy road, a hard road, or a mixture of the? Um, a mixture of the two. Um, some brands, you know, luckily for me, when I'll hit them up, I'll tell them, hey, you know, I want to do work for you guys. This is, you know, X amount of dollars it's going to cost us or whatever. They just get it. And they say, yo, you know, we never get dads to, to, to do this for us. Let's do it. Nice. Then I get other brands that they'll tell me, who cares about dads? Wow. <laughs> like, can you really get dads here? Like, I did Double Dare. Double Dare, when I hit them up and I told them, hey, I need tickets for me and maybe five other dads. I need VIP tickets. The lady actually wrote to me. We never get daddy bloggers. Yep. I don't like to be called a blogger. It's it's that, scary. That yep. day I was. Yep. <laughs> because she gave me five tickets for, for dads and we created dope memories. We all were on the show. But then I'll get like a like a group that I'm that you look at and you say, they're just like me. They're my color, right? My nationality. Yep. They're gonna get it. And then when I talk to them, they don't get it. Wow. And like they'll straight up tell me, you know who needs more dads here or dads ain't going to come to this event. We prefer mamas. Another thing that I'm finding is that when you do dad um, initiatives, I would say more than like 75% of them are actually ran by women. Really? So that, that could be beneficial and it could also be bad for me because sometimes I'll go up to a place and they'll tell me once again, we don't get women to do this. I mean, we don't get men to do this. It's always women. But then other times they'll be like, nah, you're not a woman. I I actually prefer her because we know they could do it. So you get you get gender bias. I get gender bias, man. Really, like I, I, dude. I've had women come to my event and call me a straight up asshole because I don't let them in. Are you serious? Yeah, because wow. because because to certain people, there's no division between fatherhood and motherhood. Right. But we know that there is. There is this stigma there. So sometimes 100%. you'll get like I'll get a, a like I mean like two months ago I had a Chinese lady run up into our event cursing up a storm. There's kids here. And she's cursing up a storm because she couldn't get in. And I had to tell her, I was like, you know, this is for fathers only. And she was like, that's wrong. Like, that's unfair to women. And it was like, yo, but nobody ever caters to dads. Nope. Let us do us. And then you'll get other women that'll be like, yo, James, you, you're doing this for dads? Yo, how do I contribute? You need money to do this? I just want my husband to go. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know pretty what I mean? cool. So it all depends. It's sometimes they get it. Sometimes they don't. It's all a hustle and a grind. Like right now, what I'm looking for, for people to podcast with like, I don't want to launch my podcast until I have about five or six interviews. Yep. I got two now. I have specific people in mind because I, I want to do something special for the first set of them. I still get those responses of, yo, who the hell cares? Like, that's on me to hear this shit. That's insane. So it's still a stigma there, man. So, you know, doing business in this world isn't easy. Um, Making money in it, it's a lot harder. <laughs> no, and, 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 and those type of... um situations you know do you do you share those with 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 your kids or yeah how do they how do they look at that because now it, you know it's like hey we could have done this cool thing but we can't because this company doesn't want how to how to how do you how do you balance that because obviously there's a part of you that you know you want to be petty you know what i mean you want to yeah. be mad and be like ah oh, he's cornball but but then you also want to like you were saying before teach a lesson you can't, do- so you can't be petty so the main thing i tell my kids is they don't owe me shit that's it. Straight up. They don't owe me anything. I know what I'm doing. You guys know what we're doing. We know that it's good for society and for fathers. But that random lady or man that works for that company, they don't know us. They don't care. They don't owe us shit. 
and the kids start learning that because now you start attaching other lessons to it. So like when when my son tells me, oh, you know, we were playing basketball and X, Y, Z never passes me the ball. He don't got to pass it to you. Yep. He has the ball. He's in control. That's it. That's it. And that's something that I do get petty with it sometimes. Sometimes I tell them like, yo, these people don't care about blacks and Hispanics. But it's because of the responses that I get from them that makes me feel like they don't care. That's just another learning experience where it's like, yo, you're not going to get everything you want. Nope. Like my son wants to be an NBA superstar. Chances of that happening are slim to none. He knows that. It's a long road. It's a long road, man. Many, and when, many in free this throws, game, just, come many on, man. Free you throws get at 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah, yo, he got to be in the gym. <laughs> right? And that's why I tell my son, I'm like, yo, you, you want to play basketball, you got to be in the gym all day long. Yep. You're not doing that. So you can't be mad if Rich's son comes through and beats you. Yep. <laughs> if he's there every single day. That's it. You know what I mean? So those lessons come. There are times, once again, I'm not perfect. So there are times where these kids will will be like eavesdropping and they'll hear me talking to my wife and I'll say something really negative about a brand. Mm. And sometimes they pick it up and they ask me questions, you know? Yep. But for the most part, everybody in my family, my kids and my wife, they we all have this saying that if I get in the room with one of these executives that I need help from, my chances have just increased. 100%. Because everything that I do deals with storytelling and the emotions that go with, with it. So when I sit down with the producer for ABC News, she's going to feel me. If we're talking on the phone, she might not. Right. And that's, that's how I like my whole thing is to teach them to not kill it on the first conversation, but to get a second conversation, maybe a third conversation. And then you hit them with the this is what I need. That's it. The, you know the I mean? old jab, 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 right hook. <laughs> Dude, I got I got shut down this week, man. I was doing an, with, there's an event coming up. I won't name them. Really dope event. Um, last year I went and I took my three kids, well, two of my kids with me this year, I signed us up, you know, they sent us an invite to go. They said, Hey, you guys were with us last year. We want to invite you. I signed them up. They kicked my two kids off of, of the list. Wow. The lady wrote back to me, prove to me that the, these kids are part of your influential program. Dude, I got so tight because all she had to do was look at my site. So you look at my site, you always see my kids. They're at every single event that I'm at pushing fatherhood. They are my brand. I had wow. to go back and forth with her, maybe three or four emails for like two or three days to the point that she said, yo, your, you know, your efforts are admirable, but I can't let them in. All right, cool. We'll be there. I'll be there. They took an L. This is an event that they really wanted to go to and they just can't be there. You know, sometimes crazy. it just doesn't fall your way. You know what I mean? That's 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 insane. You know? to, to me, it was insane because the lady vetted us last year. Right. Out of all the people that went there, we were one of the few people that actually created content for it. We're the only minority group there. Yo, all of these things are lining up to be perfect. Yep. But we're but that's still not enough for you. But I know three or four other dads that are going that don't do shit. <laughs> There's something else there that you're not telling me. Yep. But that's for me and her to figure out, not for my kids. That's it. You know what I mean? There you go. All right. Um we're gonna we're gonna switch gears and, and jump into into the hot seat, um, which is our series of just rapid fire questions off the cuff. Um some are going to be some fun ones, some business ones, and um, we'll take it from there. We'll do reach one, teach one, and we'll wrap things up. Let's do cool. it. All right. So, obviously, you run your business off your phone. What phone are you using? Oh, man, I got an iPhone 8S. I got two. Well, I mean, not an iPhone 8S. I got two iPhone 8s <laughs> plus sizes. What do you What do you like about them and what do you dislike? Um, Man, I, I love my phones, man. I, the only thing I dislike about them is the price price point yep um but i love it like like i wish there was a way for me to use a headphone and a charger at the same time that'd be kind of dope 
You um, gotta buy a you gotta buy a dongle for that actually. So look at that, Apple's taking our money with the dongles. Yep, you gotta okay. you have to actually have one that plugs in, and then you can run the cable through and plug in a headphone. Look at that, because they so just right forcing now, Bluetooth. That's why. Yeah, yeah, everything they push into Bluetooth. So that's you know, but I love my phones, man. I'm straight up iPhone head. Had an Android, never never going back. Wow. Yeah, and you and you also you run Mac and you use the Mac ecosystem too, right? Yeah, yeah. So for everything else, I use my Mac. Um, I have a MacBook Pro. I got an iMac machine. We got tons of iPads. Um, I'm not gonna lie though. My default machine, whenever I just want to chill, is a Windows based machine. Really? Yeah. And and this crazy part about it is that is it's two. I got two old ones. I got a. I actually have a, a XP edition. Wow. <laughs> and then I have I think a Windows Seven edition. Okay. Um, and that I use for simple web browsing, um, manipulation of data files or whatever. When you when you open your phone, where's the first place you go? When I open my phone, first place I go to, um, damn man, this sucks. This sucks, man. The first place I go is to Instagram. Really? Yeah. It's um the the beauty of what we do is that dads are very prideful and scary individuals. <laughs> um, they won't comment under your picture, but your DMs will be on fire. Yep. I, I, so, I've DM'd you. I know. <laughs> yeah. So I, every day I get at least, man, at least like 15, 20 new DMs. Wow. Um, what sometimes they're new topics. Sometimes it's people just telling me great work. Sometimes it's even business deals. Uh, so that's usually my first thing. I grab that and I go brush my teeth. Nice. What's your, what's one website you recommend besides cool for dads? Besides fatherhood is lit cool for dads. Um, man, for me, it has to be anything that has, to, that has stocks on it, man. I was really? a big fan of uh, Yahoo Finance. Um, now I just usually open up like TD America and just leave the the banner running. Um, I think if you want to learn about money, one of the best ways to do it is to follow the news when it comes to stock. Right. Um, especially when when people like Warren Buffett give you like a, a annual letter just full of gems. Yep. Warren so I just Buffett's go to business sites. Ridiculous. Yeah, man. They just give you gems after gems, and if you don't read it, you never catch them. Well, on the subject of that, what's what's one stock that you've been eyeballing that you'd missed out on? Netflix. Really? Yeah, Netflix. Um Netflix, a guy named Howard Linson online put I'm buying Netflix, I think it was like at ninety seven at the time. I thought I was a smart ass and I said, Alright, cool, he's buying at ninety seven, I'm gonna buy at ninety. It never hit ninety. <laughs> a month later it was like at three hundred. And right now I think it's like between twos and the threes. Wow. And it's like, damn, you know, that day I had, I had just sold a lot of stock. So I had not a lot of money, but maybe like six grand that I could have bought of Netflix. And just think about it. It would have tripled. Yep. You would have been cashing on the dividends, just chilling. Yeah. Netflix. And then the other stock that I missed out on, believe it or not, I didn't miss out on it. I caught it, but I didn't know too much about stocks at the time was Blockbuster. When Blockbuster was folding, it went down to like $2. Wow. And I bought like $20 worth. Anybody that knows stock will tell you $20 worth is nothing. Yep. The price Dropping went up to bucket. like maybe 40. I didn't make any any money. I made like a hundred bucks. If I had dumped like 10 grand in there, I probably would have made like 60, 70 grand. <laughs> that's, that's, that's some crazy stuff. I, I haven't didn't know shit. You know, I didn't know anything. So yeah, I, I haven't messed with it. Like, you know, I let, I let like my, my office 401k, like, you know, I let it auto balance every month and that's about it just yeah. because I'm not, you know, certain outsource your your weaknesses and optimize your strengths i'm like yep i'm just not good at it <laughs> i'm like as yeah, long as i got money in there for when i retire i'm good dude and, and people do stupid things when the market crashes like when the market crashed i remember all my coworkers selling everything like their their 401ks lost like half of their value and they sold everything and anybody that studies the stock market will tell you everything's a cycle yep so when we had the recession 
it, everything dropped. But then six months later, you basically threw a dart at any stock and you made money. That's right. So uh, I was sitting there 26 years old telling all these 50 year olds, yo, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, a, a year later, I made more money than them. That's insane. Um, what's your favorite piece of tech besides your computer and your phone? Oh, man. Right now. It used to be my my fire stick. <laughs> um, now I really like the Apple TV for some reason. Um, I think it's it's pretty dope. I, I think it would be a toss up between my Apple TV and my Apple Watch. I'm just learning how to use my Apple Watch. Right. Um, and every time I find something new, it's like, damn, this is dope. Are you using the Series Three or the Four? I have a Series Three. And funny story, I bought. I got a Series Three. My son got a Series Three. Um. And the reason he, we both got Series 3 was because I couldn't afford buying Series 4s. Yep. And I always told myself, I'm the tech guy. No way in hell my son's going to have a flyer device than I do. <laughs> Atta <laughs> Yo, boy. I'm not perfect, man. <laughs> there you go. Um, obviously, hip-hop being such a such a big part of our DNA, I'm sure it's playing in the background when you work, right? Yeah, of course. There you go. Um, what's one, what's one hip-hop artist that's always in your rotation when you're working, that's always in the soundtrack? Wow, that's a that's a real good one, man. To me, it's always Jay Z. <laughs> I've okay. always been a big uh, Jay Z fan. Um, I think a lot of his music is super motivating, um, and a lot of his stories are things that I've dealt with in one form or another. So when I need to get like real hyped up, it's Jay. And I start off with uh with twenty two twos. Nice. All right. Now you know everybody. Everybody always has a, a blast with this question. What's something you purchased recently that's less than a hundred dollars that's made your life either easier or more enjoyable? Oh man. <laughs> Every week I do that, and, <laughs> and every week is gas. There you go. <laughs> every week is gas for me, man, because um, you know, I, I have a big truck and I need to go to all these events. Gotcha. So every week I fill it up about ninety dollars worth of gas, eighty dollars worth of gas, and that one investment, that one week, will give me memories for life. There you go. Um, a, so that a, I think a, that's probably my my biggest investment every week that I love. <laughs> that's a that's the most unique answer I've ever heard. And, Yo, without, and a damn practical one, though. Dude, without transportation, I can't do none of the things I do. There you go. And I, I will not be riding the ferry every single day. <laughs> Hell no. That ferry ride is not for everybody. Nah, not for me. So, uh, obviously, we, we, we talked about the tech side. Got to talk talk about toys. Um, What's uh one toy that your kids couldn't live without? Hmm. So, for my, my um, middle child is Legos. Okay. For my older child, um, I'm gonna say it's his devices. I'm gonna I'm gonna treat iPhones and Apple Watches as toys, right? Too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, that's their toys. And then my youngest one is anything that my other ones got. Really? So, so if they're playing, if they're playing with Legos, he wants Legos. They're yeah. playing with a device, he wants an iPad. He's on go. that. Uh, he's at that Me Too stage, so he just grabs everything that they got. What was um, what was your favorite toy growing up? Um. Man, I don't know if you remember these, but they used to have like these wrestlers that you could like stretch out. Yep. Yeah, so the rubber that, wrestlers, that, the LJN uh, wrestlers that they come with the big blue ring. Yeah, yeah. So those were my favorites. Like I used to have a Hulk Hogan one that we used to stretch from one window to the door. <laughs> those and um, toy soldiers. Nice. Like the little um, green soldiers. Yep. In the bag that used to come in the bag. Man, I used to have thousands of those. Nice. Um, do you do you collect? Or try and reinforce for your kids, that especially now that toys have such a value. Do you try and tell them like, "Hey, save these on the side; they'll be worth something," or you just let them open them? Um, so I let them open it. Um, if I see a toy that that I think is going to be valuable, then we usually try to keep them mint. Um, but usually my kids get to them; they don't 
you know, even like Pokemon cards and all of that, we spent tons of money on that. They just <laughs> played with them, drew on them, everything. Oh, man. Um, you know, I, t- I treat materialistic things, even things that are collectibles. I, I don't treat them as everything. Like, I used to love my sneakers, and I used to always treat them really well. Yep. Now I got maybe 100, 200 pairs of sneakers, most of them brand new, that I barely touch. Well, so it, it, it's it was fun. a waste. It's funny because I, I had to throw in a sneaker question in there. Favorite pair of sneakers you own? Oh man, I, to me, I got I got two of them, man. And yeah, it, one of them one of them is the the original pennies in blue, the the like it was like electric blue sort of. Yep. Um, those and then the Iverson questions, the original questions, nice. which I still have. Now, with, with with that said, are what's a what's a shoe that's on your radar that you missed out on that you wish you would. Um, I I still want those foam posits, uh, the green ones. I right. forgot what they were called. They were. Uh, Paranormals? Yep, Paranormals, the Paranormals yep. Yeah, those are that's a one pair that I I had a pair. I gave them up. I sold them. I think it was for like five hundred dollars or something like that. Yep. And after I sold them, I was so tight. Yeah, they're worth so much on StockX. I was like, oh man. To me, it's not even the value. It was just I needed them for my collection. Yep. Like they were so hot, man. And you know, unfortunately, I I took the money. Sometimes you got to do that, man. I went I went and I've been trying to I I tried getting some money off the sneaker game. I went and bought a pair of Drake Jordan eights, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna sell these and make a killing." I didn't end it. I didn't sell them until like a few weeks ago, and I only made like twenty bucks on. I'm like, "Yeah, I ain't, but I ain't doing no more." <laughs> you know, it happens, man. Like, you never know what the market is, is gonna dictate, man. <laughs> Absolutely. What's a a company that people should look out for besides your own? Besides, um, cool for dads, um, man. I, I wish I could say Time Hop. Uh, I, I loved what Time Hop was doing, but so many people are copying them. Right. Um, I I would say I would say hmm, that's tough. I would say Cheddar, man. I would say Cheddar. Cheddar is a, a a news company. Yep. Financial company. I think what um what John has done with with Cheddar is incredible. I I think they recently just sold. Yes, they did. Yeah, I think the way that they that they changed the game was pretty dope. Um, and one thing that I really liked about Cheddar was that. A long time ago, Fred Wilson, who's a famous VC, um, wrote to John that Cheddar was the stupidest name he ever heard. Oh my god! That it, they weren't. It was basically like a shot. Like you guys aren't gonna survive because you got a stupid name. Oh my god! It's like who's laughing now? Fast forward a few years, and you know the dude just sold his company. <laughs> there you go. Um, um, so I, I, you know, I like the story behind it. Absolutely. Um, what's what's something that you had an opinion, a negative opinion on that has changed? Oh man, I, I guess it has to be something in fatherhood, man. Yep. And I would say, um, I had a negative opinion about these early events. Like one thing that I get a lot about, a, a lot of heat from from people is when I partner with a company and their event starts at nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. Right. I used to hate that, man. I used to say, Nah, there's no way I'm waking up. Now it's like my kids are already up. Right. If if we're if we don't do something, the days are wash, and they're gonna harass me all day long anyway. So now I actually appreciate those 9, 10 a.m. Um, events because yeah. then I can knock them out real early, come back home. Usually they fall out for a nap and I can do my thing. If you could have dinner with somebody alive or dead, who would it be and what would you talk about? Man, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett to me is still the GOAT. Um, right. It's not about the money. I, 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 just, I like the way he values companies, the way that he looks at companies and they say and he says, you know, this is the price tag that you got for it. But here's the real value of it, the intrinsic value. Um, I love that he stands by his morals and he says, yo, I'm going to buy this stock. I believe in this stock. I don't give a fuck what y'all say. Nice. And, and usually he turns out to be right. <laughs> uh, you know, being, being the father of three sons, what's, 
what's been the most consistent piece of equipment or or company that's delivered when it comes to providing stuff for your kids meaning you know was it a company like play school was it fisher price like who's consistently delivered positive experiences for your son's who will give the money to um who will give the money to to me the the one that provides the most the most diverse experience and the best experiences for my kids um physically at home would have to be lego okay yeah i think lego um i never used to like legos I didn't grow up with Legos. I love them now because I get to see my kids actually get creative where one kid follows instructions. The other one tears the instructions up (laughs) and they both still build. That's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty eye opening. (laughs) I hate stepping on those things, though. No, man, there's nothing more painful than stepping on a Lego. Yo, any toy. (laughs) Any toy, man. (laughs) Where do you a year from now? Where would you like to see cools for dads and fatherhood? Is Um, I would love to see us. On a on a more um, national level, I won't say global level. I'll say more of a national level. I would love for companies like Nike or um, Sony or even Rock Nation, you know, people that that really focus on like the urban market. Right. I would love for them to throw events and say, "Yo, we need dads here. Call up James." Nice. Um, that's what I would like. Right now, I'm hustling for all of this, and we get to do some really really cool things. I would prefer to have a team of five or six people running these events. And companies calling us. That's awesome. So, in in a quest to always bring people value, the last the last part of 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 the show is reach one, teach one. For get, we want to give our listeners a piece of actionable advice. And for you, actually, it's it's two different questions. What is a okay. piece of advice you'd give a first time father? First time father, be there, be there for everything. Meaning, you know, you the day that your wife or your mate or if you want to just call her your baby moms, which is a horrible term, um, the day that they're going to give birth, be there, see the struggle. Like I didn't, you know, I looked at my wife when she was pregnant and I was like, man, this is a strong woman. I didn't know how she, how strong she was until she squeezed my hand while giving birth. And I took all of that pain and I said, yo, if all I got to do is suffer for five minutes while she pushes, I'm good because she's been suffering for the past eight, nine months carrying this kid. There you go. So when you're actually there, you appreciate it more. So that's my thing. Always, I'll, I won't give up all the paychecks for my kids to be at their events, but I will give up the majority of them. But if my kid is the real star of the show, you can't buy me away from that. There's no way. I won't miss it. And the second part is for someone that's that's willing to take a chance to get to jumpstart their dream like you did, not once, but twice. Um, what would you tell them? Oh, that, the, the simplest answer is always do it. Right. But I'm going to tell you how to do it without killing yourself. Okay. And the way to do it, if you're like me and you're worried about financials or even if you have a family, is save up at least a year's worth of um, income, uh, meaning uh, living expenses, whatever you actually spend in a month, whether that's rent, food, clothing, whatever. Save that for a whole year and then chase the dream. And another another advice that I would tell people is that you don't necessarily have to be free of a real job to start your company, meaning you don't have to quit your job to do it. Right. Like test it out, test it out on the side, but actually put in the work. Like everybody says, like I was one of those people that said, yo, I cannot, I cannot work on my business and have a full-time job because I will get distracted by my full-time job. I had to quit, but I only quit because I had the money saved up. I had a wife who was working on her career and I had a home. If those things weren't in place, I probably would have been doing it from my job, from my desk. 
That's so it's amazing. almost like if you're not if you don't if you're not feeling like you're financially stable, which is you're never financially stable, right? Hell no. If you're not feeling it, you know, do it part time, but actually put in the work. Don't don't say, yo, I'm gonna put in four hours a day on my business and only give an hour a day. Because then you'll never get that um that progress that you're looking for. Yep, you'll be lying to yourself and you'll be lying to your business. Yeah, so it's always, yo, go chase that dream. But do it within reason. Like you know yourself best. If you're a financial person, save some cash, yo. Because the, the honest truth is you won't know if you could run a business so you actually run it. And you could attest to this. We could go for years and not make a dollar. Yep. But the payment comes in other ways. That's 100% right. Experience are, is- are you ready to give up the payment in dollars for the payment in happiness? That's right. A lot of people say they are. They're not. 100%. Not, All right. not ready. Last but not least, where can people find you, keep up with the Fatherhood is Lit movement and Cool for Dads? So we're, we're Fatherhood is Lit everywhere on Instagram, Twitter. Our biggest platform is Instagram. That's where it seems like people are really writing out for us. So I would I would use Fatherhood is Lit on all the platforms. Um, you can email me directly at james at cool for dads. That's C-O-O-L, the number four, dads.com. Um, you know, I'm, I'm accessible. You might not get a response from me the same hour. But you'll eventually get a response from me. <laughs> right. Um, I think that's the best way. Uh, to be honest, if you want to communicate with me, is Instagram, man. I'm I'm there all day long. There you go. All right, James. Thank you for sharing the toys and tech of your trade and some great actionable advice on fatherhood. I really, really appreciate it. Man, thank you, man. I'm honored to be here, man. And I love what you're doing. Keep it up. You know how hard this is, man. We need people like you to, to stick around. Thanks a lot, brother. All right. That wraps up our interview with. James Lopez from Fatherhood is Lit and CoolForDads.com. We're going to have links to James' website and all his social media accounts in the show notes for this episode. So if you're a dad, you're looking for cool stuff to do, and you're in the New York area, definitely reach out to him. Let him know you heard him on this episode. I'm sure he would really, really appreciate it. All right, call to action time. First off, um, if you are checking out this show on iTunes, please take a moment and rate the show. We would really appreciate it helps us secure more guests by showing them that our listeners are engaged and are enjoying our content or they're not. I mean, it is what it is. We can't always bring the heat all the time, but nonetheless, if you like what we do here, please take a moment and rate the show. We would really, really appreciate it. Now, social media, you can find us pretty much everywhere, but we engage most on Instagram and our Facebook group. And obviously, if you've been following the YouTube channel, you know that we've been engaging there quite a bit, especially in the aftermath of the Gary V video, which I addressed last episode. But nonetheless, a lot of people, a lot of great people came as a result of that video and got acquainted with our content. So we really, really appreciate all the feedback from all of those individuals. And as always, if you have anything else you'd like to add, feel free to uh, reach out via those platforms, or you can email me rich at rageworks.net or podcast at rageworks.net, whichever you prefer. All right, guys. Thank you guys for lending me a little over 90 minutes of your time this week. We will see you in two weeks. Hopefully, we will have a uh, brand new Rode Procaster, uh, well, Rode Rodecaster Mixer, which we will be debuting for the episode, and we'll probably also have a product review as well. Uh, we may be doing some gift guides, um, probably at minimum one for grads only because I haven't been able to do one for Mother's Day and it would be a disservice to do one for Father's Day with, after leaving the moms out. So we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. But nonetheless, a brand new episode of 
Toys and Tech of the Trade is heading your way in two weeks, dropping on Wednesday. As I said at the start of the show, uh, the schedule is now moving towards Wednesday bi-weekly releases. That's going to wrap things up for this week. Thank you guys for checking out this week's episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, and we'll see you in two weeks. Peace. Now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and 4-plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com. If we want to list every way Spreaker can help podcast publishers, well, we need a podcast of our own. Whether you're in charge of long-running series with extensive backlogs or countless limited series, you can organize and monetize your entire catalog with Spreaker. With Spreaker's customizable publisher plan, you can add collaborators, analyze extensive listener analytics, and even share exclusive content through custom RSS feeds. And that's just for starters. Head to Spreaker.com to learn more. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Dot com.